0: You're listening to Film School, broadcasting every Tuesday at 9 AM Pacific Time at KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine, California, and on the web at KUCI.org slash filmschool. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. In his new documentary under our skin. Our guest today, producer and director Andy Abrahams Wilson, investigates investigates the untold story of Lyme disease, an emerging epidemic larger than AIDS. The film brings into focus a haunting picture of a healthcare system and a medical establishment all too willing to put profits ahead of patients. Founder of Open Eye Pictures, Wilson's Wilson is an Emmy-nominated producer, director, and cinematographer. Andy Abrahams Wilson, welcome to Film School. Thank you. And how are you today?
1: I'm doing really well. It's nice to be welcome back to, to film school, given that it's been <laughs> about 20 years since I've been out of it. Uh,
0: oh, Really? Now, where did you go to film school?
1: I actually went um, to USC.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, it was, uh, I, I, I uh, was in a graduate program there in, in visual anthropology, so it was part uh, half the anthropology department and half film school.
2: Oh. Where are we reaching you?
0: Or is this the uh, Boston area?
1: No, this is the San Francisco area. Oh, San
2: Francisco,
0: pardon me. So, so, did you like the uh, program at USC? Did that uh, work well for you?
1: Um, yes, I, I <laughs> did. I, I mean, I, I, I think what I, I, I like about the USC program is its emphasis on visual storytelling. Yeah. However, I was happy to leave LA, I must say, and I'm 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 happily ensconced in Northern California.
0: Is it too much of the business in LA? Is that what you're saying?
1: Y- yes, it really is. And just, I mean, just the the, the city in general. It's I'm. I'm very connected to, to nature, and it's sort of hard to to leave the um, to get out of the city in L.A.
0: Yeah. Well, how did you come in contact, uh, at least cinema, cinematically, with Lyme disease?
1: Well, um, that's a, a great question. Um, it would sort of be the last thing that I'd ever think that I'd make a, a film about. Yeah. Um, and um, it, it was. Because a friend of mine up here in Northern California, in the San Francisco Bay Area, got very sick with all these mysterious symptoms. She was going down quickly. Um, She got an MS diagnosis and then an ALS diagnosis, which is basically a death sentence. And then finally a Lyme disease diagnosis. And I was just shocked that, that, that Lyme disease could do that to you. And I was shocked that Lyme disease was in California because... I thought it was an East Coast disease. My my twin sister had had it years ago, and um, at the time, I didn't really take it very seriously. I just thought it made you sick and tired, and um, so it, it just opened my eyes. And then, as I began looking deeper, um, I uncovered a, a a story that really needed to be told.
0: Uh, what uh, happened to your friend? How did that her disease go? Was she completely cured of it eventually?
1: Um, you know, it's hard to say completely cured when Lyme disease gets to the point uh, that that it's chronic and that it enters enters the um, central nervous system. It's it's pretty difficult to to cure it completely. Um, and, and I think, in general, you know, in, in 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 looking at medicine in general, the idea of cure um, uh, is is uh, pretty slippery. Um, that. Um, you know we, we don 't quite know what that means, and so people do get better, whether they 're completely cured or not um, is up in the question because a lot of people do have symptoms that return, um, even my sister who's who's much better every now and then she her symptoms come back like when she 's under stress and that kind of thing
0: really she gets tired is that what 's going on or is it there... tired
1: no it's it tired is that what you said yes yes no it 's much more than being tired I mean yes. people have um I mean, in in uh, in acute stages, people have neuropathy and um, stuttering and are, are severe arthritis and um, in some cases seizures. So it's, it's it's very serious. This is not just a oh yes, a, a, yes. A, yeah it, uh, um, something that makes you tired. But when it comes back, um, any of those. Conditions could be could oh, so be present.
0: Does your sister experience those, or how, no. how does it relapse with her?
1: Yeah, no. I think mostly it's pain. Ah. It's uh, joint pain.
2: Yeah. So, so you, you, from this experience of uh, of your sister and your friend who who were diagnosed, how did you get? Did you? Uh, how did you get from that point to saying, "And well, I have to do a film about this"? Did you meet a particular patient? Because there's a number of patients. Or uh, uh, or uh, victims of this disease that we meet in the film. Was that what prompted you?
1: No, it was it was what uh, that was um, after the decision had been made. Um, but basically, there there were a few things. First of all, um, there were some. As I began to look into this further, and, and the friend of mine who got sick here was a great help because she had already been do- doing a lot of research. And one of the things was that there there is a um, theory um... swirling about that that um... lyme disease um, is actually is is or the, rather the bacteria that causes lyme disease um... may have been um, genetically altered um... as a as a pathogen um... as a as a bio-warfare agent basically and um... there's a book that's been written about it it's called lab two fifty seven and it chronicles the story of, uh, of a biohazard um, high-level biohazard animal research laboratory off the coast of Long Island um, where there has been documented cases of using ticks to possibly carry um, biological agents, the idea that you drop them on enemy territory from aircraft. And there's even a Nazi doctor who was hired to to run that program. So there's a lot of circumstantial evidence of of that. And incidentally, it's right across the the uh... the Sound from Lyme, Connecticut, and it's also right where West Nile virus broke out there on Long Island. So we it, we didn't find the smoking gun, so we didn't even include it in the film. And what but but what we did uncover was uh, there was a lot of there there was enough. Um, um, Let's say egregiousness and um, and uh, evil, if you will, yeah. that we didn't even need to get into that story.
2: Well, let, let's back up because just just let, as you just said, um, Lyme, Connecticut, is right across the Sound from from where. where is, that, is it Connecticut? I that yes, yes. it is Connecticut. Lyme, Connecticut. Well, well let, let's explain to our listeners uh, what. How we assume that we've been uh, that you contract uh, Lyme disease uh, it 's a deer tick
1: yes, um, and that 's really all people seem to know is that Lyme disease is something that you you get from a deer tick, um, and um, that while that 's true there are different, they're different uh, ticks on the east Coast and the west coast. Um, but um, what they don't know is that it's, it's also transmitted from mother to child in utero. Um, and there's cases of many women who don't know that they're sick, and then they pass it on to their children who go on to develop um, neurological or cognitive or psychological problems, and they have no idea that it's related to Lyme disease. So what's happening is there's this whole swath of the population that, that is sick but not getting a proper diagnosis, and they're given such junk diagnoses in a lot of cases such as chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia um, and rheumatoid arthritis, and and the list goes on to MS and ALS and Parkinson's disease.
2: Even Alzheimer's has been
1: uh, attributed to this. Yeah, in some some cases. Now, I don't want to say that all those things are always Lyme disease, but... um, but there, there may be a connection, and there certainly, there certainly is, because so many people who who finally got the Lyme disease diagnosis were diagnosed with those things formerly.
2: Uh, we're speaking with Andy Abrahams uh, Wilson, and the film is called "Under Our Skin." It, this I want to. We need to start getting into. So that's the way that this the uh, disease is delivered. Is sort of that's what the common the common. Uh, acknowledgement is is that you get it from a, a deer tick, and that we there are you're saying that you can get it all over the country now. Was it always that way? Is this thing spread since we discovered Lyme disease, or have from, we just been more aware of that yeah. it's
0: out there?
1: Um, I, you know, I think it, it's been around for a while. It's not just in the United States, and it's all over the world. And and incidentally, this is a cousin of syphilis. It's the same kind of um, microorganism. It's sort of a spiral shaped. Microorganism right. that can sort of drill into different parts of the body, um, and that's why it has so many different manifestations because it goes into all different parts of the body. It goes into the heart, into the brain, into the joints, um, just like syphilis did, actually. Um, but we're finding it's a mu- it's a more advanced uh, microorganism than syphilis, and it's it's um, much more difficult to um, to detect and to treat. Um,
2: well, and as terribly debilitating as this disease is, uh, there's there's some things that are brought up in the film that are just so compelling. One is that it's either uh, – it's underdiagnosed. We're, we're certain of that, and I think the statistic you use is 6 to 12 time, 12-fold. Yeah, that's the CDC. CDC that's, says, yeah. underreporting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's considered to be the uh, single biggest – Vector bor- uh, born disease in the country it exceeds in new cases AIDS, uh, right. and and in in addition to all these terrible things and the terrible things that it does t- to you, um, there is tremendous resistance on the part of the the uh, medical, um, I would say industry medical. What am I? F-
0: I was going to use establishment. Establishment. But- <laughs> thank you. You can use what you uh, want. No, a medical
2: establishment, <laughs> and also in in concert with that. Uh, insurance companies and healthcare providers are also very resistant to what is, a, and, and we need to talk about that as well. Let's get into that. Um,
1: okay. You, you want me to respond to yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Why is it? Yeah, well, that's getting into the meat of the issue. And, I mean, um, we sort of established that this is a big problem. And if it is such a big problem, how come it's not being taken seriously? Why are we not hearing about it? We did for a while, and then all of a sudden it disappeared. And what we found in doing our research over four years is that um, there's really uh, the, uh, the people who've, who've come to be sort of the gatekeepers of Lyme disease, and that means the Lyme disease definition and treatment. And what we found were significant conflicts of interest on their part. Um, Basically, Lyme disease came about during a period of deregulation. That was the early uh, Reagan years, the 1980s, early 80s. Um, And um, all of a sudden, um, um, academic researchers and universities and government organizations could profit from their research. They They could partner with Big Pharma and they could patent live organisms and proteins from organisms, that kind of thing, which is something that that hadn't happened previously. So it really set up a whole competitive environment um, and the race was on because there was a lot of money at stake here. And so Lyme disease was one of the first organisms that was discovered after that and now we're seeing the repercussions. So the people who are some of the, the, the so-called experts of the disease um, have a lot of uh, questionable conflicts of interest, meaning they have patents on possible vaccines. They have um, patents on test kits. Um, they have ties with the insurance industry. They're making a lot of money from the government from consulting and from um, research grants. So it's very difficult. To, um To take them seriously, they need to define the disease as something that 's easily defined um, so that they so that their commercial products will uh, work
2: well well, these doctors uh, to to sort of frame this, these doctors are part of a a group that essentially establishes what the disease the symptoms and what the disease uh, treatments are in something called the Infectious Disease Society of America, right? They're, they're members of these right. like this organization, and they establish these guidelines by which insurance companies can either provide care or reject right. care. So right. this is where this all these conflicts really, where it really right. meets the reality of what's going right. on, right?
1: Right. Now, the Infectious Disease Society has... There's, there's the, 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 uh, these people that I call the gatekeepers yeah. of Lyme disease are part of the Infectious Disease Society, and they write guidelines, and even though they say these guidelines are are recommendations, um, they're taken as the word of law, and physicians across the country, really across the world, use these guidelines in terms of um, diagnostics um, and treatment. And insurance companies use them to deny treatment for people with chronic Lyme disease because in those guidelines they say chronic Lyme disease does not exist.
2: Well, the, what the, don't they? they say that... A couple of weeks of antibiotics and that should take care of it. Correct. Right. Correct. Two to four weeks. Correct. And then, and then, oftentimes, in the denial of the uh, the treatment that these these uh, Lyme patients are seeking, they're often told that they're suffering from a psychosomatic right. symptom of uh, right. the disease.
1: Right. So what happens is the, 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 there's a, a group of doctors they've called the Lyme literate doctors, and these are doctors who are working in the field. On the forefront, um, in, in the community working with Lyme patients day in and day out, and they say the, the idea that um, that Lyme disease can be treated in four weeks is is absurd, that yeah. sometimes it takes months and even years of antibiotic treatment to to help a patient and um, this is where it gets tricky because we 're talking about long term antibiotics, and not only is that Potentially dangerous, and we, under, we all understand the you know the dangers of antibiotic of prolonged antibiotic use. Um, but we also you also have to understand there's not a lot of um, 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 money in in oral antibiotics because they're off patent. Hmm. It's much it's uh, much more lucrative to keep people chronically sick and provide them with uh... steroids and uh... painkillers and antidepressants um, but what's happening is the people with chronic with the chronic form of the disease very often they need um, or their doctors feel they need um, intravenous antibiotics and this is this costs a lot however so the insurance companies don't want to pay for it and they're finding a reason in the um, uh, Lyme guidelines not to cover it. So you have, you have um, what what we uncovered are just thousands and thousands um, of people who are falling through the cracks of the healthcare system, who are not getting treated for the illness, and not only that, but told that there's nothing wrong with them.
0: Now, do you think that this is because there, uh, you know, the, the controversy here, the lack of treatment, is this a con? or do you think that the medical establishment is just lazy and doesn't want to, you know, advance? Yeah, yeah
1: you know, I think I think it, it indicts our our medical research system, our healthcare system, and our insurance systems. It's it's really the canary in the coal mine uh-huh. um, of of what's wrong with with um, our healthcare industry. Um, so. You know, it's, it's hard to say that it's conspiracy. I, I think that's too strong of a word. Yeah. I think if there is conspiracy, it's just about trying to cover up, um, not admit that you're wrong, um, you know, having a lot at stake both professionally and financially. Um, so people don't want to give that up. Um, there may be some sort of mandate concerning the use of prolonged antibiotics, you know, and the fear that it will create um, uh, antibiotic-resistant germs and uh, superbugs. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, when people have cancer, we don't deny them treatment, dangerous uh, chemotherapy and radiation, because that might hurt them. Mm -hmm. Um, And what's happening is is patients are not allowed to enter into negotiation with their physicians to to try to... um, to, to make the, the personal choices for uh, what they believe is best for their health.
0: And you spent a lot of time uh, with people who had to make these personal choices. Uh, how did you rent into them? How did you get contacts with these people? For example, Mandy Hughes, who has been suffering, I think, for over a decade
1: yeah well, she sort of just showed up on the doorstep she She wrote us an email when she found out we, through the internet that we were making this documentary um sort of as if she were applying for a reality t v show and had her relatives uh, write letters of support for her it was It was a passion to um to to uh, educate um so that other people wouldn't have to go through what she was um she She was diagnosed at nineteen, treated for Lyme disease for maybe uh Two to three weeks, told she was cured, and then um, years later she was getting sicker and sicker, and finally, you know, she was diagnosed with all those things, such as MS and a slew of other diagnoses, and then finally went to a Lyme-literate physician who diagnosed with her, her diagnosed her with Lyme disease and um, uh, started treating her for Lyme disease, and we document this in the film. Yeah. Um, she basically is starting her treatment and her marriage at the same time yeah. right at the beginning of the film
2: well i 'll tell you the, the opening uh, shot of her I think she 's walking out to her front lawn she looks like an eighty year old woman trying right. to bend over and pick something off off the i mean she just looks she looks eighty years old, and then right. over the course of the film, we see a vast improvement in the in her and the quality of her her life uh-huh. um, we 're speaking with andy abraham 's uh, Wilson the film is under our skin. Um, if we're able to uh, get one thing from this film, and there's a lot. There's a lot of information here, and you've you've told it through a personal level. You've told it to us in a sort of a more uh, objective and uh, uh, clinical way as well. So we get all of the information on a number of levels here. If we're able to knock out this kind of gatekeeper mentality that's going on with Lyme disease, um, and and w- in conjunction with the work that Dr. McDonald McDonald's doing do you see opportunity here to essentially break through uh, what's going on? Do you see some, some opportunity? Well, yeah.
1: Here? Let me let me address that. I, I, first of all, I want to say that I don't think it's 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 uh, told in a clinical way. I think well, the information. I think, I mean. I think for, for us, it, it was important not to be um, sort of cold and clinical and, and um, um, overtly journalistic. That we also wanted to make it cinematic, mm-hmm. and we wanted we wanted um, people to be able to um, to to uh, to have an experience. Um, not to just be fed information, and, and so that 's why it 's in theaters, that it 's not just you know oh, I didn
2: 't uh, I, I did mean to be I, I, what I meant was you get a lot of information into, yeah. the, into the film, and no I, obviously you have these four i' five or more of these very compelling personal stories in which we, yeah. we are we are along for their journey, but uh, I just meant that you get the information out which uh, and when you get into the actual conduct of the of the actual uh, virus itself we're watching uh-huh. we're watching that happen and uh I, but you know i do, i want to get to the question though basically yeah. are we if are, are we are we getting closer to a point where we're we're going to be able to knock down the gates here well
1: i you know i hope so and i think you know one uh i the film is is part of that and i i i think i think basically the film is meant to to, um, to be revelatory, to, to expose something that has been um, basically covered up for many, many years. Um, and um, I, I really think that the change is going to happen through awareness from the bottom up. It's yeah. going to be the people and the patients who are demanding help instead of just taking um, pat uh, answers from, from physicians that there's nothing wrong with them and trust your doctor. Well, we can't trust our doctors anymore. And this is a prime example of of why we can't just blindly trust our our doctors or our medical system. And so my hope is that it that it sort of enters into the current um, debate on healthcare, and is is um, uh, becomes a a case study for. Um, for what's wrong and needs
2: to be sick. Well, one of the ways in which these doctors in this sort of the medical establishment have been able to block people from getting additional care is by saying that this uh, disease can be treated with, with uh, antibiotics in two to four weeks. Uh, but the people on the other side of this debate have been saying for a long time which it does seem to go dormant, it seems to be able to hide. And the right. work of Alan McDonald just seemed to me, in watching the film, to be the breakthrough that we're talking about, in which he was able to find and identify the sort of biofilms that encases the disease or the virus and that it allows it to kind of come out every once in a while. And, right. And,
1: yeah, well, he... And, he and,
2: and how important was that in, in this well, kind of debate?
1: Well, you know, I think it's very important. His, his he He's done some remarkable... Um, Research. I mean, he was—he did research, early research about um, connecting Lyme disease to, um, um, uh, to to stillbirths and miscarriages, and um, so the whole issue of um, uh, maternal-fetal transmission. He also did a lot of research connecting Lyme disease to neurodegenerative diseases like MS and Alzheimer's. Um, and basically using the syphilis, syphilis as the model. And now he more recently has um, discovered what he believes is is um, uh, Lyme disease um, existing within what's called biofilms in the body. And that's if that's true, it completely explains why Lyme disease is so hard to detect and hard to treat. It's an accepted model in um, uh, molecular biology that, that um, bacteria can exist in in biofilms. It sort of hides them, protects them, um, both from detection and and treatment. So it would be really um, very monumental for this research to be um, proved. But, um, you know, in order to to do the kind of studies you need to make that happen, it requires um, millions of dollars. And, you know, one man working in his basement isn't going to bring that about.
2: Yeah, he was doing it. And there are a number of other doctors, Dr. uh, Charles Ray Jones, uh, Joseph Semek, uh, Semek, uh, am I saying Semek? Uh, Gemsek. Gemsek. pardon me. And others who really have been uh, on the front lines of this and really bore the brunt of the medical establishment. They've, these people have lost their their uh, practices over this. Yeah. Uh, you you really get into a, a lot of details. You see the what the medical establishment can do. Establishment can do to somebody who is uh, basically a rebel in in the fight um, on something like this.
1: Yeah, and you see why you see why the medical why why doctors uh, don't want to take it on because there's way too much. it's at stake. You, have, you go into your, your most physician's office and you say, I think I have Lyme disease. They'll say, I, you know, <laughs> out of my office. I don't yeah. even want to talk about that. It's just too heated.
2: Well, it's a, re- I really, it's a remarkable film. I, I know that it's, uh, it has uh, theatrical screenings around the country. You can go to the website under com. com. Dot com, pardon <laughs> me, dot com, and you can check on the screenings, um, and they're all over the country. And um, The DVD is also
0: available, the, right? Well,
1: the DVD is not quite available. It will okay. be available later in the summer, and it, it's showing in San Diego right now. Um, unfortunately, we had our, our Los Angeles run um, finish about a week ago. Right. Um, but, but you're right, underourskin.com will bring you to all sorts of information about the film and screenings
2: it really i i just uh, i was fascinated i i, I love to be exposed to the uh to this kind of information uh but not to but, the disease yeah but this I kind of mean. thing is i mean it, it just and you when you when you realize the scale of this and 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 the fact that it's so underreported and uh, and underdiagnosed uh, you it just makes you really truly wonder what uh what the medical is, uh, establishment is doing and why All and right. then you, Get back it, to Plum yeah, Island. And, you wonder what yeah, the you, truth You go back to Plum Island, which is the, the place where this research was being done on airborne infectious uh-huh. uh, diseases and bio, bio agents and all the rest of it. So uh, uh, let's deal with this first part. Let's just get this thing under control and we'll worry about the other stuff uh, down the road. But it's a terrific documentary under our skin. And I want to thank you, uh, Andy Abrahams Wilson, for being here on Film School.
1: You're welcome. It's been my pleasure.
0: To learn more about Film School, listen to more interviews, or subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at kuci.org slash filmschool.